You are listening to the podcast series for Mission to Amish People. Mission to Amish People is a Christian ministry with a threefold purpose of evangelizing and discipling Amish and former Amish, helping Amish people who leave their communities by helping them transition into the English world, and by presenting the ministry to churches nationwide. You can find out more about Mission to Amish People by going to their website at www.mapministry.org. Today's podcast is part two of four, entitled Amish Ask the English. Justin, this goes right along with it, with the discussion. How do you explain it's good to carry a gun for personal protection or in law enforcement? That's a big or, so that's a two-part question. How do you explain it's good to carry a gun for personal protection or in law enforcement? Anybody? Romans 13. (laughs) Prematurely, huh? I do not carry, but I'm starting to think about it. But I know this. I got about 25 guys in my church, and people have asked us, you know, what happens, Pastor, somebody comes in, you know. I said, I'm really not worried because if I go, shoot her, like these, like, guys are going to stand up, boom, boom, done, over, continue church. Now, you laugh, but that has happened in churches, okay? And, and we, if some of you know of our ministry, I mean, we, we take a pretty bold stand on the public square issues. I, I believe they're very biblical. I actually do. I could, I could join the, the presentation this morning and just continue to add to it. So when you take public stances on certain things, you really irritate people. And they, they, learn, to, they learn to really despise you. And lo- there's a term in Scripture, loathe you. To the point, how many heard the expression, the weeping and gnashing of teeth? Most people don't even know what that is. That's, that's a loathing. That's someone that's literally not able to rest their soul. So they, they, they become angry and bitter and vengeful. And they lose all sense of, and, and that's what's going on in what I, you know, it's, it's politically incorrect, but I'm going to tell you, that's what's going on in radical jihadism, okay? They loathe Christians and they loathe Jews, Okay. load them to the point oh, where you. they will kill you. Now, with that in mind, I don't want to die that way if I don't have to. Okay, And in law enforcement, um, if we talked about war, God has given uh, the ability to create these weapons, and I think we have to use them with good balance, but um, that's a way a society can remain just. And I believe in capital punishment. Okay, So do the Islamists. So if you go to Iran today... And a guy's walking around and he doesn't have a right hand. You know, it's cut off really clean, like right about here. You know what he is? He's a what? He's a thief. Guess who knows he's a thief? He knows he's a thief. (laughs) So do you. So you're not going to leave your briefcase in the restaurant in front of him. Why? Because he's going to take it with his left hand. If you see a guy with two really clean cuts and no hands, that's a guy that didn't learn his lesson the first time amen guess how high their thievery rate is now what we do here is oh oh, don't do that again (laughs) don't pull your gun out and shoot me (laughs) as i'm sitting here thinking about this one of the things that we've lost from a moral compass standpoint is responsibility now granted i was immature long before i should have been mature 
for whatever reason, but uh, I attempted to raise responsible children. And that responsibility is, is what we said this morning, a legacy that we pass on. And so I think of this um, uh, uh, airplane incident over in France. There's a legacy of the individual, but also of the parents and what went on there. And, and, and so if we talk about concealed weapons or, or whatever, as long as we teach responsibility and accountability, those are part of the laws of our land that uh, we need to follow. Our son is looking in to go to uh, police work. Uh, he's been going to school and, and with other policemen. He's got a very gentle heart and a love for people. But his is, you know, Mom, the law calls us to protect those who can't protect themselves. And... Um, you know, I, I know that we do get some arrogant policemen that just want to throw their power around, but uh, a good majority uh, are there when you call 911 to come help you out. Uh, Pastor John, you want to answer number four briefly because you don't want to dump the whole load before your <laughs> message? This is, this is my message today. Uh, why church? <laughs> I, I'm not going to preach that now. But um, why is church membership so important? Because it's biblical. That's why it's important. Now, here's the, here's the premise of what we need to understand, going back to some earlier comments, and that is this. What we tend to do is we believe something, and then we go to Scripture to support it. We go, oh, this is what I believe. And then we have our little pet verses, and we go there, and that's how. I believe what we should do is go to the Scriptures and see what it says, and then believe it. Okay? Um, I'm, I'm not going to go farther than that because I, I think I really want to defend that today um, from the Word of God, and I want to show us the value of that, and I think it will be rather simple, and just so you can understand, it's not the Baptist view, okay? We don't take much pride in the middle name of our church. We take a lot of pride about the beginning, Bethel, House of God, and we take a lot of pride about this the last word, church, okay? So what does that mean? And uh, when that means something to you, then you have a completely different perspective today. I will say this. There is a decline in church membership only because there's a decline in biblically literate people. Okay? We, we do not know the word of God. I'm not saying you don't know the word of God. I'm saying people sitting in our churches on Sunday morning or if you bang on their door and invite them to your church, they will declare some kind of flag. Oh, I belong to thus and so church. Oh, yeah, what's the name of the church? I don't know. What's the name of the pastor? I don't know him either. Last time I was there, his name was Blah. Well, he left two pastors ago. Um, so what we have today is we're quick to identify when needed, but we do not have a congregation of saints today that understand the scriptures. Therefore, they don't understand their responsibilities. And the question was about church membership. That's one thing, but what about involvement? Now, you don't have to be a member uh, to be involved, but albeit I, uh, I believe that you should be a member, but we find a lot of people, they'll come in and grace the pews. At the end of the day, they'll walk, uh, walk out and not be involved so they don't know really what the church is all about. And that's one of the things uh, where we go. Um, in, it, we're looking at discipleship and involvement. Uh, coming from the other end, uh, a lot of people don't want to be members of churches. 
because they don't want to be disciplined or challenged. We come from a world that wants to do our own thing, and we don't want to be responsible to anybody. Accountability. Uh, church has always been very important to me. Is they're my they're my family. Um, they're the bride of Christ, and you know, although your uh, family leaves you and turns away from you, the true believers are there for your support and help. It's always been very important to me to have a vibrant church uh, support and relationship. And with that comes the responsibility that has been said there, being involved and taking responsibility of teaching and leading, mentoring other believers. Pass it down to the end. For Pastor Dixon, here's one that's not on the screen. If you're a pastor, how would you handle baptism and church membership for a former Amish if he or she wanted to join the church if they have already been baptized, rebaptized by immersion in a creek or such? In other words, they were baptized once as Amish, yep. they came out and were rebaptized, and now they're coming to you about church membership and baptism. Where, how do you break that out? Are they two separate things? Oh, I see. Okay. Um, I think really, if I'm understanding the question correctly, I think what, what an individual that would come to me and asking that is, are you born again? Do you understand what that means? And then understanding then, when, when exactly did that take place? Was that before this second rebaptism? Or, or was, is this a separate event? Where are you spiritually? And we find we talk about believers' baptism and and we understand that and even in the notes I think it was Jonas in, in giving some of the history of the Anabaptist movement I think it was Jonas that was doing that part of it but we understand you know, that they realize that baptism should follow profession of faith and so if that would be the case then I would spit, just you know and they understand what salvation is that happened then they were rebaptized or baptized I would say not, not really rebaptized it's the first time um and then I think we just need to start discussing church membership. Um, I, I think it's that simple. Does anybody know what Anabaptist means? Another, it, A-N-A means another, another baptism. How many were christened when they were babies? I was. I was eight days old. I remember. No, I don't. They told me that and they showed me a picture. Pray for me, man. I don't need to get baptized again. So the the Anabaptist movement is just like Brother Dixon said. The Anabaptist movement was a baptism in obedience to faith in Christ. And that always happens after your salvation. So truthfully, nothing in the religion world counts in any way in a person's life until they come to the born-again experience. Then everything after that is not a rebaptism or a rejoining of a church. It is the first real time, okay, because it's done for the right reasons. Anybody else? Okay, this one is very deep, right? Just came in. Since leaving the Amish, on occasion I've heard people express themselves on how shunning doesn't make any sense. Coming from an Amish perspective, is there or shouldn't there be a separation between divorced, uh, remarried, dead, lukewarm versus those who are close to God? Redo that again. No, it's on. I don't think it came in. Yeah. 
While they're studying that, I'll just make a few comments about membership. And this is just an observation. I, I really pity the Amish who are stuck worshiping with 25 families for life. Huh? <laughs> 15 families or 20 families or whatever. You have no choice, okay? And it's all geographical. I mean, it has nothing to do with, you know, anything. Now, it's intergenerational. That's a nice part, okay? But, but you're stuck being with those 25 families, and that's why someone said uh, yesterday that, that uh, they're addicted to, to splitting, you know, or migrating, you know. If, what, what is your out? Now, on the other end, as Christians... We have, as I said, we have lower and lower membership numbers at our churches. And it's because we don't want to be accountable. All right. So in between there, there's a whole bunch of people who are taking that liberty and jumping churches and, and, and doing and going wherever they please for a year or two. So there's three different segments that I see. You're stuck. You can't go. The other one is biblical, where you should be in a, in a membership of a, of a church that you've chosen, all right, that you, that you believe the, the teaching and the doctrine, and you want to be held accountable, as opposed to those that are just, you know, church jumping every year or two. Please don't do that. Get, get committed to a church body, and just remember that you're not Amish, and you don't have to go the one down the road, whether you like them or not. Thank you for listening to this podcast series. Check out Mission to Amish People online at www.mapministry.org or keep up to date with us on Facebook and Google+. Thank you again and have a blessed day.